You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 360. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 360. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Well, hello, my love. Well, hello. Well, I'm glad we got that smack mouth situation figured out. (laughs) We were doing our mic checks and going, wow, who has the smack mouth? Is it me or is it you? Both of us? Well, and you were like, well, I just had a smoothie. And I was like, well, I had a smoothie. (laughs) And then you were like, smoothie smack mouth. We're smoothie smack mouth. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So hopefully we're not like. Yeah. Oh, Oh, it's the worst. That's the worst. Especially like if you have earphones on and you're trying to like. Yeah, just listen yeah. and get some knowledge. If it's just coming out of a speaker, that's one thing. But when it's in your ear like that. Ugh. All up in your earbud. <laughs> well, that's something that you and I have always said. Like when we get really old, under no circumstances can either one of us have smack mouth. Like we have to rope it in with the, hey, 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 knock hey. it off with your, your smack mouth. Your mama's of. got a little smack mouth. <laughs> So, you know, we got we to gotta watch you. Co- we got to watch. And, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Which she's visiting right now. So the time that this oh, airs yeah. and drops. That's right. She will be here visiting with us. and Which is really awesome because of COVID, we haven't had any visitors. We had all of our travel plans were completely thwarted. Yeah. And haven't had anybody really come to see come our to new see place. Us. I know. I know. So... It, it's all so good. So it'll be nice. And so this is airing on Labor Day. So happy Labor Day. Yeah, happy Labor Day. I don't know if you all knew this, but Labor Day is a federal holiday in the United States celebrating the, and honoring the recognition of the American labor movement and the works and contributions of laborers to the development and achievements of the United States. Wow, that's amazing that you just knew that off the top of off your the head. Top of my, <laughs> off the top of my Google. I thought I remembered seeing somebody say it's for everyone who's ever gone into labor. <laughs> uh, which that's I, funny. Which I thought was. That's Mother's Day. But I, what who I really think needs to be honored in particular is migrant farm labor right now. Migrant, but, period. And that's just, what built this country was migrants. And all of the just record-breaking heat that they are out yeah. harvesting food and right. and all of that. So For sure. Definitely yeah. want to honor them. Okay, so we've got him off. I'm off today. You're not off. I'm not? No. It's one of those things where you think you're off, it's but st- you're not. It started with the smack mouth. <laughs> and then it just... And it went downhill from there. It just there. went downhill from there. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got an awesome show for you. We've got uh, a mailbag edition. We haven't done this for a while. That's true. Yeah, it's been a while. I think it's possibly been an entire year. We have mailbag episode 8.0 or version 8.0. And this, these submissions that people wrote into the show, I think are going to be very relatable to a lot of people because they have 
everything to do with interpersonal relationships and familial relationships, which I know so many of us struggle with. For sure. So stay tuned for that. But before we jump into all all of the nitty gritty. All things mailbag. All things mailbag. (laughs) Mailbag. We should we should probably just lighten it up a bit. Let's do that with a little segment we like to call. Would you rather? And today's would you rather is, would you rather go into the past for a week to meet your great-great-grandparents, great-great-great-grandparents three generations ago, or into the future to meet your great-great-grandchildren? Well, I I think we're exempt from that one, right? Yes, but we have lots of nieces and nephews and things like that that we can so we put into be, that. We could be right? it could be like great yeah great nieces. niece or great. Nieces. I don't care about that. Nephew, <laughs> but... Great nephew. <laughs> I don't. I, I I'm about, think about think about Haley, Cam, like all those kids being in their twenties, and you get to go meet them or thirties even. But no, it would be their kids kids their kids kids yeah yeah exactly and i'm a little bit terrified of the future oh yeah you get to see the future wouldn't you well if any of y'all have ever watched black mirror on netflix oh yeah it's it it is so it really really well done but it has all of these technological elements that we're pretty damn close to and it's really scary to me it's it's dark sci-fi that's yeah. kind of based on things that are almost here, right. but they've taken it to the next level. And you, right? and like it's, you could get into a video game. It or, hits home because you're like, I can see where we would get to that yeah. place. Or like robots that like are uh, like shaped like dogs that watch warehouses and you right. know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And the lines between technology and humanity really, really get blur- blurred. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that scares me a lot. For so sure. I think about... So I would have to live in that for a week. I don't I don't I don't know if I want to see that. But on the opposite side from past, we kind of know what to expect. Yeah. We kind of know what the what, setting would be and, like. And I love me some stability and <laughs> some control. <laughs> and also on my paternal grandmother's side, or I'm sorry, my paternal grandparents, my grandmother in particular, she was a Bailey, and she was a part of Barnum and Bailey Circus like oh. lineage. Okay, and so I've known that we were distant relatives to the circus. Kind of a, a mm. fun little fact about me. So I think I would pick that. I like the idea of going back and experiencing those those time periods, but not having to stay there. Yeah, because as far as feminism and being a woman and the amount of rights that we have, like this is as good as it's gonna get. Yeah. Like anything backwards is gonna suck. But I think I could, I could take it for a week. I'm honestly just the the future terrifies me a little bit too much, and that's too many jumps, too many generations <laughs> forward. So it's like three hundred years into the past, or two hundred years into the future, basically. I yeah, I still think I'm gonna pick the past, and it's one week each time. Yeah. And what would you pick? Well, selfishly, I'm going to go with grandparents, great, great, great grandparents, because we're not having kids. So I'm a little disassociated from that. Right. But I think it would be interested, interesting to see how far technology has come and how people have adapted and how my family looks Yeah. three generations from now. 
But it would also be, I think I'm going to go with the past because I would learn something about myself. Yeah. About my heritage. And I think that's more important to me. Yeah. I don't. Than my legacy. I don't know if either one of us really has much insight into great, great, great grandparents. I, I, I did meet on my mom's side. I met my great grandmother, but not anything beyond that. And I don't know how much information I would even have on it. It would have been near the beginning of the birth of our country. So that's crazy. They'd be first, first level immigrants, right? Like first time immigrants. Wow. That is a time trip. Okay. So this is actually not a history podcast, (laughs) although we are so knowledgeable about it. But we would love to hear what you would rather and your reasoning behind it. And we talk about it every single Monday over in our After Hours community. After Hours. Which is our private Facebook group. It's a very inclusive, exclusive group. And we always discuss the would you rather on Mondays. And it's really funny to hear everybody's commentary and their explanations of why they're choosing certain things. Yeah. And a lot of times I'm like, oh, my God, I've never even thought about that. Yeah, they come up with things we don't think about for sure. But it's a really great corner of the internet where you can have camaraderie and support. And every month I do a bonus training. So if there's stuff like, for example, we go through our stuff today and you think, yeah, but what would I do in this situation that I'm up against? You can always come over to the After Hours community and ask me to cover it in our monthly queue and slay trainings that I do each month. So it's just a really great place to connect. Wednesdays, we do warm, fuzzy Wednesdays, and everybody is just incredibly supportive and lovely, and it's a great time. Yeah, you got a lot going on on that page. So if you want to come hang out, just simply go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club, and that will redirect you right over to our corner of Facebook. All right, so let's jump in with some mailbag questions that have come in. And something that I want to let you all know about at, ahead of the time, ahead of time today, is that I, I will be linking to a shit ton of other podcasts that I've done already that might be helpful with more specifics. Mm. You know, where you could have an entire episode that's dedicated to some of the stuff that's coming up here. A little deeper dive, yeah. Okay, question number one. Hi, Amy, I've been listening to your sassy ass for a few years now. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. And I loved all of your content, your squeals of excitement, and your free workshops. (laughs) Am I a squealer? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I am? Yeah. It's it's great, though. That makes me feel like a little piggy pig pig. You're enthusiastic. I am enthusiastic. Thank you for your help on so many levels. I have run into something hoping you might be able to address it. One of my best friends has and continues to lie to me. I've caught her once and I called her on it. She apologized, explained how much she cherished our friendship, and so I forgave her. Then not too long after, I caught her again. She omits information, which is just as bad as lying, and I'm at a loss of how to cope with that or what to do about my friendship. Would love your input on this, your sincere listener. Well, do you have a, do you have a gut instinct off of this? Like what advice you would give her? I'm interested to hear what you have to say. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice, Mr. Smith. Well, I think that it really, really depends on what exactly she is lying about because – Sometimes people will will kind of shield the truth or omit information because of insecurities about themselves where 
they don't necessarily want to maybe it's something like they're hooking up with somebody and they're maybe they're married or something like that and they're feeling a lot of shame about what they're going through and if you ask hey are you dating anyone and they say no that could be all about them not necessarily about them really trying to be vindictive or hurtful or not truthful or in your relationship the other person too right yeah. or or protecting the other mm-hmm. person so i i think it really depends on the context now if it's something like I would, you know, love for you to come over on Friday night and they say something like, I can't, I have a music rehearsal or something. And then you (laughs) see them out later. Yeah, that's that's directly relevant to your particular relationship. Now, I don't necessarily think that omitting information is as bad as lying. I don't. I don't. It depends on the nature of the relationship. So, for example, let's say you were really going through some stuff. Maybe you've been really depressed or really upset. And somebody invites you to, let's say, a Zoom birthday party or a Zoom baby shower or something like that. You really are kind of embarrassed that you've been going through a tough time. You don't really like it that you're in a depressed place. But you know if you go to that party, you're going to be highly triggered by the people who are there. It's going to make make it even worse for you. Mm. You don't necessarily have to tell the person who invited you, hey, I'm in a really shitty place. I have to watch my triggers. I have to – you don't have to do any of that. You can simply say, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to make it. Right. You That – even though you are – not telling all the things that are happening for you, you aren't being a liar. You're taking care of yourself. That's and you're, fair. you're really looking at who who are those ears that I can speak my truth into. Not everybody is capable of hearing your truth. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to really look at the specific scenarios. What I'm hearing more than anything is that this is this is really problematic for her. This is a problematic for this listener. It seems like it's a big enough deal for her. So I would examine this and look at of the specific things that she lied to me about or omitted information about, was that directly malicious towards me? Hmm. Was that directly about our relationship? Could this be about something she's contending with or going through? And what I would encourage you to do is to continue to call it out. I would continue to express it from a very loving place, assuming that there might be some sort of noble reason why she didn't feel comfortable saying something. I was going to say, why don't you just ask her why she felt the need to do that you know, right. in, a, in a soft tone? Well, and there's there are things even with you and I of – like I remember years and years ago, we got in a fight about you ate like the chocolate covered almonds. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right. And I was really pissed. I, I wasn't pissed about the fact that you ate them. I was pissed that you lied about it. Right. right. But then when we talked it through, it totally had to do with hiding sweets from your father as a mm-hmm. child, right? It was right. all this childhood shame that came up in that moment yep. of I didn't eat him. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. You know, and it was like a revert back to being kind of a little boy. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly what happened. 
<laughs> Are you like, great, thanks for sharing that. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. We've talked about that before. Have we? Okay. Mm-hmm. But that's a perfect example of I could stay acutely focused on the lie and how awful that was and blah, 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 blah. But instead, we looked at what was that reasoning? What what propelled you or pushed you towards saying that? And then we were able to unpack that a lot deeper and like, okay, cool. Here's what we're going to do going forward. So if somebody feels chastised and made wrong, it's not likely that they're going to be as open to working through the thing. Yeah. So if you can approach her in a way of like, hey, this has been really on my mind. This is something that's been bothering me. And I also recognize that there could be a much deeper reason behind why this is happening. I would love to just talk about it because you matter to me and because I care about you. But I also want to link to a couple of other podcasts for you. One is on tough conversations, so how to go about addressing this with her. Another one is, is it ever okay not to be honest? I did a podcast specifically on honesty, so you might find helpful. And then another one on four ways that we make up bullshit stories. So those three we will definitely Uh link to in the show notes. Okay. But one of the ways that we make up bullshit stories, and this is why I thought this would be applicable for this listener, is a lot of times we think, they are doing that specifically to be an asshole or to be malicious to me or to be whatever. And I've had situations where, I mean, uh, one of my very best friends just came to me with some stuff that she was going through. And there were a myriad of times when she could have told me what was going on and I had no clue. Mm-hmm. And, But it was 100% about what she was going through. Right. It was not about me. Right. And... To take offense to that is my shit, right? So, but it's different in every situation. Every situation right. So, how that would have been my advice? It's different in every situation. <laughs> yeah, brilliant, brilliant, <laughs> Mister Smith. I love it. So, I like your answer much better. Okay, fantastic. So, have a look at those additional podcasts and see if that is helpful for you. Next question says, and this is one I think many of us can relate to because it's related to family drama. My husband and I are only children raising an only child. Our parents are divorced many times over and have left our triangle family feeling left out in all of their new family's lives. The relationships range from being uninvolved, not included, or just checking in every few years. After multiple attempts, discussions, years of frustration, trying to get them to participate and partake in our 11-year-old's life, it has really taken a toll on our son. And then she kind of goes on to say like that they live really close. She's always had a really open-door policy. The Her son gets kind of discouraged because he knows that some of these various grandparents still communicate with other grandkids, just not him. And it sounds like it's a product of all of these separations and divorces and, and remarriages. Lost in and, the shuffle, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what it kind of – it doesn't mean that it's right, but it sounds like that could be what's happening. And then she says, I know this is a lot of information and hard to keep straight. It was. But <laughs> we are really struggling with keeping up with the roller coaster of emotions it has left not only for us but for my son as well. This is a really tough one. It's a tough one because we, 
especially if you grew up having a great relationship with grandparents, you want that for your children. You want them to have great relationships with their cousins or aunts and uncles, especially if you had it. Yeah. And so we are rooting for those people to come through for us, but they are not always capable of being what we need in those family relationships. Mm -hmm. I think what's really key about this, and this is something I see with my students over and over and over again, that when they really let go of, I need to control this, I need to make this happen, I need to force this person to want to be connected with my son, Uh, or standing in that place of blame, like, how can you not want to hang out with your grandkids? How can you not hang? We don't know. We can't make that up. We cannot blame and cast all this judgment because it doesn't help. Are you validated in having those those feelings? Sure, of course. This is absolutely cause for grief. This is yeah. a sad situation. Sure, sure, yeah. But I think what, what happens for us is that we want something to exist so badly that we try to force it. And there are only so many tough, dis- tough conversations you can have, discussions mm-hmm. you can hold, before you recognize that these people are not willing participants in your life. I had a situation with a friendship and I kind of came to the realization that I was the one always trying to force us to get together and hang out. And I thought, okay, what would happen if I just stopped trying? If Hmm. I just stopped having it on my radar and worrying about it and wanting more from her and then not getting it and then being disappointed and all of that, what if I just let it go and didn't put in the effort and it completely fizzled out there? It was a non-reciprocal relationship. I was the one carrying all the angst, all of the frustration, and I was at so much more peace by simply letting it go. That works in that situation, but there's a kid involved here. Like, how does the kid, what do you tell the kid? Well, I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) I do want to link, I'm linking to another podcast that I've done about how to teach personal development to kids. Oh, okay. Because I think this is one of those instances where he is getting these mixed messages. So some of the grandparents are saying, like, your mom doesn't ever want us to see you or whatever. To me, it sounds like there's some breakdown of communication (laughs) because I just don't know. I I cannot surmise from just this small snippet. But I think it comes down to teaching your son, here's an acceptable way for adults to behave. Here's a non-acceptable way. Right. That's what I was thinking. If they want to connect with you, they need to follow through on their commitments the same way if you say you're going to do something, you need to follow through. So being able to converse with him and say, and giving him some agency and some autonomy. Mm. Do you want to go meet with your grandparent? Do you want to go on that excursion? What sort Teaching them about boundaries. What, what do you think if grandparent A chooses to say no to or doesn't show up, what would you like to do going forward? Giving them some autonomy. He's 11 years old. You can start teaching him this kind of shit. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That way he can understand that it's not just you shuffling him around trying to make these relationships work, but that he has that freedom to say, hey, that's unacceptable for you to say you're going to pick me up and then you don't. No, line in the sand. And then also teaching him how it's okay to be sad about that. And here are ways to process sadness. Here's ways to process anger. And 
you get that out of your system and then you focus on the people who you do want to have in your life. I'm also going to link to some grief pods that I've done. I think that there's a lot of that here. And really when I talk about grief, what I'm really saying is you need to have time to process your emotions. And there are certain things like this when, and and for, for this person as the mom, I don't think you are ever going to not want this to be different. Yeah, right. We usually are in that situation where we we never stop wishing it was different. But it's when you hold on to I have to make it different Mm -hmm. that the pain is caused. In the famous words of 38 Special, hold on loosely, but don't let go. I don't know who that is. 38 Special, they're a rock band from the 90s, 80s, 90s. But I'm saying do let go. Right. But... (laughs) But but you can hold on a little, right? Like you can kind of have hope that there's something going to happen, or do you have to just completely shut it off? Well, that's a good that's a good question. Actually, I'm going to link to another pod that I did specifically on why hope is a four letter word, mm. because if you are always banking on a possibility of something changing in some situations, not always, then you, what you end up doing is you put your your happiness on hold. You know, and you kind of go, okay, everything will be ideal. Everything will work out eventually if that person magically changes. Right, right. And so it's it's a different thing to say I have optimism. I am optimistic that something could potentially change. I'm open to them being different people. In the meantime, here are all the things I'm doing to take care of me and my family. Right. And this is something that I think we talk about constantly in Deep Down and Dirty, which is the way in which I work with my students, because everyone has these issues. Everyone has somebody in their family who is causing all this drama or <laughs> they've, they're trying to end uh, an intimate partnership that is incredibly trying or taxing. And we get so stuck in the, well, they are my, they're my kids' grandparents. They should be in their life. Not if they're assholes. Right. You know what's interesting? Um, I had a family. They were, there was nothing violent happening. There was no danger. But they just were a dysfunctional family. And my mom was like, I want you to go over there and hang out with them. Because it was like a dinner party or something, right? Like, I want you to go. But I want you to go through the eyes of seeing how they communicate and how they live. Oh, wow. And it it opened me up a little bit to seeing how other people communicated. I was like, oh, wow, he just totally shut her down. Or um, wow, she knows that he's going to say this, so she's not going to say anything. And, you know, it was really interesting to me to see how they communicated or didn't communicate. Um, wow, that's brilliant. Yeah, it, it was really good. I think I was like 13 or 14, but, you know. Yeah. So somewhere near this kid's age. Yeah, I I love that. You know, I've mentioned a few times that I'm taking this social justice class with uh, Dr. T. Williams. And one of the things that he talks about all the time is he says, I think everybody needs younger mentors. And he's always talking about Z generation and how incredible they are and how accessible they are to technology and how brilliant they are in so many ways. And how we it's it's the one area of oppression that we all experience, the only area of oppression that we all experience, which is ageism, 
when we're younger, we're dismissed. Mm. And then when we're older, we're dismissed. Yeah. And that's the only through line that every single human that's ever crazy, gets to experience. But, yeah. but it, he has this policy of if any children pop into like the Zoom call or whatever, they are not to be shushed. They are not to be get out of the room. They are to be included. You you get to learn if you want to learn. Like, And it was such a great message of we need to give children so much more agency over their own emotions, mm. over their own uh, processes, what they feel is an acceptable relationship with their grandparents that that we don't just say just because they are an adult, they are right. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. that is a detriment. Right. So there could be a lot of learning here in how you communicate with your son about this. Now, the one thing that I will be uh, very adamant about is how how you speak about all these other people in your life to your son. So sure. if you're talking shit about all of them or mm -hmm. you are really biting or angry or frustrated, you can be those things. Just don't be them with him while you're discussing it with him. You're imprinting a narrative, right? So exactly. he's going to be biased in his approach to those people. Right. And you can you can talk to him and say what do you think about that mm -hmm. or how does that make you feel when Agency. you when you hear grandma say this and then you hear something different from me? How do you what goes on for you mm -hmm. or what do you think? You know, and and just start fostering that a little bit. That's amazing. But I do think Judging by what you're saying here, if you really have given all your best efforts and you still keep an open door policy, that's fine. But usually when it's one foot in, one foot out, like I keep trying to initiate, I keep trying to connect, that's usually when you have a lot of unrest. So mm. I would say let go. Like let go. Start teaching some agency to your son giving him that responsibility, talking to That's, him yeah. about that sort of a thing. I just felt that woman's shoulders ease by giving some of that responsibility to the young man, you know, and saying, you know, this is your responsibility to handle your relationship with your grandparents. Not to say I won't be here. Right. But, you know, yeah. And I it's not, not solely, you of know, it, I, you're not like, you're not saying like, Good luck, kid. I hope it works out. <laughs> Boop, out of the nest. But you're also not saying, I'm going to control all of this for you. Yeah, right. Yeah. That you get to decide, hey, how did that interaction feel for you? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm here for us to talk about that. And then do you need me to advocate for you? Because that is still an age where it might be, no, mom, I need you to tell them I don't want to be there. And right. that's okay, too. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I've, I'm thinking that might be a, a good call. But again, like I, like I said, this is something that, you know, I just had a student the other day bring stuff to me about ex-husbands or about moms or, you know, I've had all of them this week. Mm. And what typically happens is we are so socially conditioned that family at all costs or mm -hmm. we need to people please or we need to make sure everybody else is happy that we end up suffering we end up making everybody else more important. And if you if you have not caught it already, I did a workshop that's completely free of charge. You can go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. And this is sort of an a, a hour-long masterclass that showcases a lot of the work that I do in Deep Down and Dirty in this program that I teach. And it is it is incredible. People will tell me I had, I had one client who had a, an incredibly – 
negative relationship with her father who he was unacceptable in so, so very many ways. And she was really worried about having him at her wedding. In fact, she's given me permission to share this. And by the end of our time together, it wasn't even a matter of him walking her down the aisle or anything like that for this her upcoming wedding. But she had uninvited him altogether. He was not even allowed on oh, the premises. Snap. So it evolved from the, oh, my God, I need to make him happy into, holy shit, that's not my responsibility mm. within a short span of time. And what that is is this belief that I matter, that I am enough, that I am worthy, period. And when you change that relationship with yourself, your relationship with everything else changes. Right. Your bosses, your best friends, your – even your ambitions, the things you want to go after, if you actually believe that you are deserving of happiness, you start creating those businesses or ending those negative relationships or whatever it might be. Sounds so, like the Matrix. It kind of is. <laughs> it kind of is. Once you know, you can't unknow. Well, it's yeah. funny because students will tell me all the time that they kind of go, holy shit, I can't believe I just said that, you know, when they spoke <laughs> up to their parent or right, 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 right. you know, handled something in a different way. They kind of went, Oh my God, it's starting to become in the bones. Yeah. So again, if you're interested in that, please go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. That's your absolute first step. Okay, so final question. She now this one, this is kind of a twofer. She says, tips on what to do and how to deal with family members, my sister and her husband, forever judging me and everyone else in my life, their plans, choices, partners, etc. They always have something to say about everything I do and nasty messages to myself and my partner if we aren't doing what they think is right. They have always tried to control me and what I do. So she says, I have recently cut them out of my life because they cause me anxiety and stress in life, but I don't know what else to do. They both sent horrible messages to my partner stating they hate him, no one likes him, and he is a horrible person that I can't that I can't see and I'm blinded by his behavior. Wow. Okay. Right there, if that is the is if that is factual data, that is verbal abuse. For sure. That this is not something that you work through. This is not something that you go, "Oh, well, let me understand your point or let let's have a collaborative conversation about it." This is where you say, this is where you block the number. This is unacceptable. These are the situations where the only thing that you need to make sure of is your personal safety. Yeah. Because these types of vitriolic comments can very quickly escalate. I don't want anyone out there who is having somebody who is name calling, screaming and yelling, sending horrible texts, being really malicious like that, to think that that's a communication issue. That is a verbal abuse, abuser, abusee situation. Yeah. All right. Sounds like she's gotten a little bit of a control over it by eliminating them from her life. Great. But her second issue is, the reason I'd like help on this is because my mom, M-U-M, so cute. (laughs) My mom is in between and gets treated terribly by my sister. She gets anxious and stressed about it as well. And I really want to help her. She doesn't have the heart to block my sister out of her life, mainly because of grandkids. Wow. She listens to the show and would love to be able to give and I would love to be able to give her some tips on dealing with this issue. My sister threatens to take the kids away from my mom, says horrible stuff to her, tries to manipulate and control her life and is always the reason for drama and issues within her family. This one as well is very tough because as the grandma, of course you want to see your grandkids. 
Yeah. Of course you do. Yeah. But you also do not need to be bullied like that. This really does become an ultimatum for oneself where mom needs to look internally and say, is the joy of seeing my grandkids worth this verbal abuse that I'm suffering under my daughter? Because what we will not do in this situation, this does not always happen, but in this situation, I do not think we're going to get the daughter to change. I don't. Right, it doesn't sound like it. it. To me, it does not sound like there's logic and reason and we could sit down and have a rational come to Jesus. I think, I think we could safely say she is how she is. She's going to continue that type of behavior. Now, what I will say is do not take the bait. And what I mean by that is do not engage in any content. So, for example, if, let's say, bad daughter okay. starts calling her names, don't call, do not call her names back and don't defend. Don't try to say, well, I wouldn't have done this if you wouldn't have done that. Or to Shut down all content and say something like, I'm happy to discuss this with you, but not when you're calling me names. Or I'm happy to have a conversation about this, but not if you continue to speak to me like that. Don't engage the actual content. Don't take any of the bait. Don't defend yourself. It will only perpetuate to a blowout. The only other thing that you can do here is dysfunctional family bingo. (laughs) Yes. That's amazing. And... Dysfunctional family bingo is where, let's say mom knows that she is going to be around her daughter and kids, and she puts together a bingo card of all of the shit that her daughter usually says. So every time she calls me a name, every time she threatens to take the kids, every time she does her insidious behavior, you just kind of like smile and nod. And, and check the box. And check your box and give yourself <laughs> some kind of incentive that once you get bingo, you get some kind of a reward. Right. Because this unfortunately, is an either or. What I would do is look at how could I almost operate in such a way to, f- to fly under the radar as most as possible. Like, like, okay, sure, honey. Yep, you're right. Yep, okay, sounds good. Like where you're almost like a yes man or yes woman in order to make it smooth so that you can get your way. Wow. And that is advice I very, very seldomly give. I was going to say, that's not something you usually say. But what we're here, what we're dealing with here is a self-preservation thing. This is not like, let's have a heart to heart. That's usually my recommendation. Here's ways to have a really thoughtful, challenging conversation and rectify things, ask for what you need, but you cannot do that with an abuser. You just straight up can't do that. Sounds like The person writing in has already created her own boundary. I'm hoping that this is helpful for the mom. For the mom, yeah. What I would say, too, is get support around it. Get Talk to somebody who is actually an authority on these types of situations. Therapist, family services, somebody who you could talk to who is an actual authority. Because I do see this happen frequently where, where people think it's just a communication issue. And it's actually not. My advice is do not take the bait. Don't engage in any deep conversations. Try to fly under the radar as much as possible. Get advice from somebody who is skilled and practiced in this arena. And if you are going to be around her, 
to try dysfunctional family bingo and give yourself some reward. I'm also <laughs> going to link to a couple of other pods that could be helpful. There's one on getting rid of the takers in your life. There's one on boundaries. And then another one on what to do when friends and family don't like your choices. Hmm. Wow. That's a, there's a lot of research for y'all to be doing. A lot. <laughs> Got to get my all southern now. My southern accent going. A lot a lot of resources for you and again what I want to underline with all three of these scenarios is that it depends greatly on the the specifics of each scenario. Right. So you have to kind of dig a little deeper and look at what are the stories I'm making up? You know, what are the facts? Right. What are actually what has transpired? And and then starting to look at what the most powerful way is for you to handle that. So hoping that this is helpful. And any any other final thoughts you want to throw in the mix? If I was a listener, I would say, gosh, isn't there like a structure that I can follow (laughs) to get me through these? Well, it depends situations. right? Right. And it seems like. That would be your program. Absolutely. Right? Like if you take that, you have a much better idea of who you are, what your uh, your underlying core values and beliefs, real desires and beliefs are. And then it's easier to manage these things. It's not going over this rough, bumpy road. It's going down a freeway, right? For sure. And it, it was really interesting because I was talking to a student about it the other day about how so much of this is intuition and looking at different scenarios from different lenses and checking in with yourself of do I need to speak up in this situation? Do I need to have a boundary? And what I hear from them continuously is I know what to do now. I know how to navigate these situations now. And a lot of that comes down to the processes, the tactics, the practices that we do. So Again, go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop, and that will be your first, you know, real clue into if Deep Down and Dirty is the right path for you. And then you'll see an opportunity to, to jump on a call with one of the members of my team at the very end. So I think that's it for this week. Hope this is helpful. So here is to loving and living your most badass life. Miss and Mr. Smith, out. <laughs>